Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back, and I'm here with Grifka. Grifka, what's going on, man? Same old, same old. Unfortunately, it is the same old, same old. Grifka, we might as well get it off right off the bat. There's huge news for the news and notes. Big announcement, and it's... I was wrong, Grifka. You were right. This team laid another egg at a terrible game. Uh, I thought they'd bounce back. I've been calling for a couple weeks, a big out uh, performance from the offense, nothing doing. I was wrong, Grifka. That's that's like breaking news. That never happens, but it's happened recently. Our Lions continue to lose, man. That's, that's, that's the big news of the week right there. Yeah, I don't think it's too much of news. I mean, uh, we're, you know, prognosticating too far off there i mean uh i think you just had a little too much kool-aid before that uh before that uh last podcast so uh that's all it was that's what we'll just chalk it up to <laughs> oh definitely and i uh i got the kool-aid flowing again but unfortunately get right into grifka and talk about um this loss last sunday in chicago my big title line here grifka is eat sleep play terrible repeat i mean put that on a t-shirt right now for the detroit lions because these our team our football team was down 20 before i could even blink like you know we're gonna break it down and kind of go through it here but just tell me right off the top like i mean what happened in this garbage game i mean it was it was another just absolute terrible football game once again this team was just unprepared and I mean, once again, to get the bell out, I'm going to go back to the Dallas Cowboy game where we talked about Jared Davis ended up covering Ezekiel Elliott on that play, and you broke down the stat, or they said it's like Ezekiel Elliott's never ran that play. They weren't expecting it, blah, blah, blah. So watching the game Sunday, and who was it? Um, Tariq Cohen's in there starting the game, and they run that play, that little dive play or whatever, and after like the second time or third time, Daryl Johnson's like, you know, calling the game, and he goes, you know, they never run this play. This play is usually meant for Jordan Howard, and, you know, it's up the middle, so obviously they're making adjustments. You know, the Bears see something, the Bears see something. And on that first drive, they ran that play like five times, and the Lions were, like, blown away on it, like, every time. It's just like, you're telling me after, like, the second time, you know, you didn't think about it. The third time, you didn't see it coming. And then the fourth and fifth time, you just, like, continue to play the same way. That is That is pure coaching right there. I mean, nobody called them guys and said, hey, you know, hey, watch this play. Nope. They ran it five times, you know, down, you know, not the same play, play after play after play, but they worked it in five different times and the lines were burned on it each time. And that's just, that's coaching. 
that's all there is to it right there. So, uh, you know, you can go to the press conference and say, oh, we got to coach better. It's on me, blah, blah, blah. But once again, this team was just unprepared. Okay, we got you. Uh, I, I totally disagree on that point. Like, to me, when I'm watching these games, like, I've just come to the fact that this team is straight up not good enough to compete. Like, they don't have – they don't have any blue chip players really on defense. And yes, Grifka, again, right now and in general, you're right. I'm wrong. Like Ziggy has been out there a bit, not very much, and he just has not been impactful, you know, other than that sack that did save us some points uh, right before the half. I mean, just has not flashed, hasn't. And there's just nobody else that's a playmaker. So all these people are just going crazy about like, oh, we gotta get rid of the coach. We got it. We're unprepared. Like to me, it's just it's a straight up talent issue right now. And it's and it's like they keep saying in the press conferences, it's an execution issue, man. It's not like they don't practice all week. It's not like they're not watching tape. It's not like Matt Pat doesn't have them on their p's and q's. It's that they not only aren't executing, but I don't even think they can right now based on like the overall talent on both sides of the ball. Like I'm really down on the defense and we're going to get into it of just lots of things, lack of rush. I mean, no rush at all. Like you just said, lots of little plays that just keep on beating them. But to me, I mean, it's execution and the offense. I've just been waiting around for three weeks for them to get clicking and they're just doing nothing, nothing exciting. I mean, it's just crazy. So, um, you know, there's there's just so much to talk about. Like I said, down 24, I could blink. I already hit. Talk to me about this no pass rush. Were you just sitting there on Sunday, and every time Mitchell Trubisky just dropped back? I mean, not only could he stand back there, but our guys were just glued to their blocks. And then when they would get off a block, I yelled at the TV a few times where they would get off a block and it looks like they had a chance to kill him. And they were just like two steps slow, and then he'd make a 30-yard pass perfectly downfield. Like, I don't know if that was an effort issue or what, but, man, just well, frustrating I think, me, like crazy. Well, part of that is, I mean, don't get me wrong, Darius Slay isn't 26 points good. But uh, that was one of those things where <laughs> he could – Trubisky could throw to either side that he wanted. I mean, the one play where Shed, like, went to – he tried to press cover Robinson. And he just totally whiffed, and then he stumbled, and he was playing catch up. And then that was one where Trubisky had probably like three or four seconds just to throw. And he's just standing back there, and I thought he was just throwing it up for grabs. And Robinson just like turns around, and catches the ball, and then like Shed like throws an arm at it and like totally misses it. And it was just he could do that. And then, you know, same thing on the other side. Plays where oh, and, you know, once again, Nevin Lawson shows up, Mr. Grab Hands, you know, and you know you know, pass interference or defensive holding, whatever. It's like he could throw it to either side he wanted. They would need, they would need, you know, pass rush. They would need a pass rush, you know, where, you know, uh, Trubisky had maybe like two seconds to throw the ball for those two defensive backs to be any good. I mean, that was, it was Hold just on. terrible. Well, let me talk about Cause you hit on two good plays where like, I mean, not only did he have time and he made, which I didn't expect Trubisky to be on so on point, but he put the ball where it needed to be, but you're right. Our corners, they have no ball awareness. They have no ball skills. I mean, Deshaun Shedd looked like a joke. He was flying his arms around and falling the opposite way. I mean, it's like he had no idea where the football was. And this is like three games in a row where it's not like the coverage is terrible. It's that when the ball is in the air, our guys are lost. They're grabbing everybody. I mean, this is not NFL football from uh, our DBs right now. It's just a clown show. 
Yeah, that was it was just a that was just painful to watch. And like I said, Slay's not twenty six points good, but there was a couple plays even Quandre Diggs got you know um, beat on, but he's once again kind of that safety corner mix trying to play nickel. And I don't think I don't think Quandre Diggs is like quick enough to play nickel because a lot of nickel coverages is it's quickness. It's not just flat out straight line speed. You have to be you know real twitchy and quick and Quandre Diggs isn't that, but he's obviously better, you know, than Tease Tabor. I mean, you can't throw Tease Tabor down low. And, you know, and if you throw Nevin Lawson down in the nickel, he's just grabbing the guy just as soon as he comes out of the break. So, Griffka, Nevin Lawson and Tease Tabor need to go. I don't care who we get. They just need to go. And we need to get somebody off the street because it's going to be it. I mean, it's basically the same, only the guy off the street, like, has a chance to maybe be decent because these guys are no good. <laughs> they cannot play. Yeah, they're just it's, like I said. It's not even like I don't. Painful to watch is just kind of like is it? You almost like oh gosh, it's just oh how is Trubisky? We didn't think he was that good, and you're right. He was just like he's not that good, <laughs> right? But like you said, like he wasn't fitting even tight windows. It's just like defensive backs heads were like just not turned around, and you know, and it's like one of those things as soon as the ball left his hand, it's just like, well, I sure hope he throws it, you know, a mile wide. If not, it's going to be a completion. You're just waiting to see who was, who was going to be open, uh, you know, or something like that. And it just, the whole thing was just, I don't know, just crazy. And then Davis takes that penalty on the sideline where he just, the best hit was, you know, the best hit he laid down was the one where he pushed, pushed Trubisky into the guy that works for NFL Network. You know, just, you know, a guy holding the boom mic. I mean, it's like, come on. You know, yeah, Davis, you couldn't make the tackle on the field. You whiff on so many of them, and then you want to look like Barney Bad Butt, you know, on the sideline, you know, uh, pushing Trubisky down because he made you look stupid. So, you know, don't be all mad at him because, you know, you can't make a tackle in the field to play, you know, so – Oh, hold on. I got to talk about this Jared Davis play you're bringing up because we talked about him a lot on the show. And, like, I think we're a little split. Like, we've we've been down on him, but I'm always, of course, like I am on most guys higher than you, I think. But on that play in particular, it was, it was the classic thing that everybody is justified to say about Jared Davis. He's sitting there in the middle of the defense. He's spying the quarterback. And one little move by the quarterback, and he gets himself totally out of position. I don't know why he he like ran up to the right into the mess, and he just easily ran out the other side. And then why why is Jared Davis getting outrun by Trubisky to the sideline? And then like you said, shoving him after the fact. And then I remember after the penalty, he was like smiling or clapping his hands, like like oh good, you know, or oh okay, I see how they're gonna do me. And it's like. No, that was a terrible football play, a stupid mental play, and like you said, just weak sauce at the end, trying to push him and then like say, "Oh, okay, good." Like now we're getting we're getting our grimy defense going. It's like, no, now you're an idiot, and like we can't have this. So I don't know. I mean, the guy continues to be out of position and continues to make bad decisions. Like there was no reason to jet up to the right at all. Yeah, just terrible pursuit angles and. There was even – was it on the touchdown, he guessed, in quotation marks, the wrong hole that yeah. – uh, I mean, it was just uh, – I'm watching the replay. I'm like, hey, where are you at, Jared? And he just – the worst part was, he, he once again, it was almost like a point and shoot. We've talked about this, how he doesn't read and react. It's just he saw – he you know, Trubitsky turns to do the handoff, and he just instantaneously, like, takes two steps towards that hole that it would run to instead of, like – 
waiting for like to see if there's a cutback or something like that. And I don't know, maybe that's just what linebackers are taught, but I, I can't imagine it was like so obvious. Just Trubisky comes out, steps out of, he's, you know, he takes the snap from underneath center, just steps and turns to give the handoff. And he like takes two steps into the hole. And at that point, the defensive lines block back into him and he can't get around. And there's just a massive hole, you know, for the touchdown. Yeah, but, just but like, he hey, wasn't, where are you going? He wasn't in the wrong hole, was he? Like, he was right up in the right hole. He just got blown up by the fullback. I feel like the fullback no. just ate him up on that play down no, by the No, maybe goal we're line. not talking about the same touchdown. I'm talking like it was early in the game where it was down near the goal line, and he just totally went to the wrong place, and there wasn't even a fullback in there. He just, okay. no, well, the it was other just, there was just a total cutback. It was a total cutback lane, and it was wide open because the offensive line just blew the defensive line down, and, and he was okay. standing on the other side of the pile. Like you say, unfortunately, we tried to put this out of our memories. I don't have it right in front of me, but the one I'm thinking about was going like to if you're if you're looking at the TV heading to our left, like they're down inside the five, and they ran a, a run to the left, kind of off off between the tackle and the guard. And like, who's there? Isn't there uh, their fullback still the guy, the old Lions fullback, Burton or whatever? Corey Sussinger. <laughs> wannabe. Uh, I feel like he just went, it was perfectly like he draw it up on the whiteboard. It's like, okay, fullback, you lead in the hole here. You kill the middle linebacker and then the running back, you go right off to the left of him and you score. Because it was just the fullback and Jared Davis and the fullback just crushed him. Like he just totally not only hit him, but just stalemated him. And the running back just basically walked in after that. Like, I mean, this guy's got to start winning battles. Like you say, not making these false steps. Like, when he does, he should have the speed to make up for it. But it just continues to happen. Then you hit on penalties. Like, how many times is the ball going to be in the air and we're grabbing and holding? I mean, I remember there was a play late in the game where it looked like good defense. And we still got a flag for some very minor, but it was still grabbing and holding. It's like, not only can we not make plays on the ball, but even when we do play good defense of a rep and just these guys are so handsy that there's a flag on every, every is a flag every time. Yeah. Just, they seem to be getting those calls. Now they're almost like notoriously Detroit's known for, you know, grabbing, holding, you know, their defensive backs are good enough. So that's how they, I guess, stop the play. So maybe the referees just watch them a little closer. You know, just the things were like we complain about, hey, this, some team tries cheap hits, but, you know, they have this they have this mantra of like they're a tough defense. So they kind of get away with a little more. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things like when Seattle's Legion of Boom just a few years ago. And a lot, you know, I remember reading things like their defensive backs were dirty. I mean, you know, their defensive line were, was dirty, but they had this mantra of like being such a tough defense. You know, they're still they're going to they're just going to be hard nosed. They're going to knock you around and. It's oh, it's almost kind of like, well, that's what they're known for. So, no, they're just playing tough defense, you know, as opposed to, you know, yeah, maybe they are, you know, a little grabby, a little, you know, extra shove here and there. I mean, I, I don't know. And maybe just like I said, maybe the Lions defensive backs right now have the mantra of they just they're going to they're going to grab one just as soon as they're beat. So keep a close eye on it. Well, yeah, of course they have that rep, but I mean. I've already complained on a couple of shows about the NFL. Just not only is there too many flags on pass plays that are real questionable, there's way too many flags plays. But but my thing is, yeah, they have a bad rep. But you gotta let these guys play, and I mean, it's just ruining the game for me. If and the other thing is like, 
okay, we watched a Lions game, Griffin. We have all these issues right now with our team across the board, but there's games on at four o'clock and eight o'clock that I watched that look nothing like the Lions game. Like people aren't running free. Every pass isn't like you mean you know, some uh, unknown guy yellow named on the Anthony field. Miller. Some unknown guy named Anthony Miller's having a big game, and I'm not talking Anthony Miller like from the '90s, like Anthony Miller on the Chargers and Broncos. You know that guy was a good wide receiver. I'm talking like Anthony Miller, like who's this guy? Well, I mean, <laughs> just like who, where'd this guy come yeah. from? You know, Anthony just... Miller's good, man. I, I wanted, I liked him a lot in the draft, but I mean, I watch other games where John J. Hopkins and Keenan Allen are out there, and they're not. They're not just walking up and down the field wide open. They're not catching every ball that's thrown to them. Like, every ball that heads their way, the defender's not grabbing and holding their jersey. Like, that's my biggest beef with the Detroit Lions, our Detroit Lions right now, is that we don't look like other teams in the NFL when I watch games, like, offensively and defensively. Like, I watch other offenses, and and we got to get to it right now. I mean, we've talked a lot about stuff, but we got to talk about number nine again, Matt Stafford. This was a classic Matt Stafford. Do nothing in the beginning. Be down 26-0. And I'm sure if you ask him in a quiet moment, hey, you know, I don't play defense. Um, you know, it's not his fault, right? Well, you don't do anything to help us by getting us back in the game. You just have these sloppy, clunky drives. And that's 26-zip. You wait till late second quarter, third quarter to get it cooking. And the fourth quarter, stats and win the game. But... Grifka, tell me you don't watch other NFL games and people are just throwing nice, easy 12-yard outs that just look super simple, guys wide open, easily drawn up. You know, they're, they're chucking the ball 30, 40, 50 yards downfield on a dime, going right in the guy's bread basket for touchdowns. I don't see any of that when I watch this team right now. And I just I just had it, as you can hear in my voice. I've been positive. I've been saying this, that, and the other. And, like, I reached the point until they prove to me now that they switch it doing nothing that excites me offensively and the defense looks like nothing I watch on a, on a weekend in the NFL. Oh, I wish you would have, I, I wish you would have the sound bite for me right now. That's like, yes, the force is strong in this one. It's like, finally, thank you. You see it my way. Once show me something before I start believing again. Yeah. Oh, well, Good. I don't, yes, I don't, yes, like I said, I, I hate it. To, I hate <laughs> to even say it because I am the, uh, you got to project. You can't just wait and see. But, like, I've been projecting and projecting, and, like, they keep giving me the same thing. So, like, I'm coming your way more. But, I mean, I still want to root for our team. I still want to, like, be positive. But I just don't have anything to hang my hat on right now. And, you know, can they come out and win the next game? Of course. Again, it's the NFL every given, any given Sunday. But I'm not going to be predicting big point totals till I see a lot of – I need to see new offense. Offense, I need to see crisper – need to see a defense that makes splash plays i'm talking picks sacks stuff like that until then this is a this is a joke of a, a team right now and uh and it's on all levels all three levels as they say but i think part of it is i mean you want to talk about number nine i i, I think it kind of goes back to you know i mean you, you say like oh he's a pro we can check stuff off you know all pros like next game you know they forget about the last game they're they're going to just focus on the next game but I don't know. I think he's just a little gun shy. He doesn't trust his offensive line. And uh, just read today that uh, TJ Lang got put on IR, so he's gone for the year. So, I mean, pretty much stuff with Kenny Wiggins over there, and that guy hasn't been anything but, you know, um, a revolving door for the defensive line or defensive tackle to go right around him. So it's just – Griffith. 
I, I've got my finger on the Grifka bell. Just tell the people that it's snowballing, so I can hit the Grifka bell. Uh, oh no! Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, you know, you know, flick your nose or anything like that. And told you so, but you know, it is. It's it's kind of snowballing, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> It's it's becoming that trend. Oh, you're just a trend. you're getting all your. You might as well get reason. it in now. I'm it's called a trend credit. for a reason. Trend for a reason. <laughs> there you there go. You go. Uh, you're you're getting all of your 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 stuff in right now. You're getting some credit for being right because I mean I still don't agree with the snowballing theory, but what I'm starting to agree with is, and I hate to kind of cut you off there, but I mean I want to get to this in a second on like our other part of the show, but. I mean, since we're talking about Stafford, like, where are we at right now? Like, I mean, is he – he's paid, he's here, he's a good passer, he has the, like, talent of a quarterback. But where are we at with this guy? I mean, you can't have, like, oh, it's snowballing, oh, mentally I'm shell-shocked with the fact. Like, we can't have that, man. I just don't I know where I'm at with him right now. Stafford, I think he's a guy that's been around long enough where – we're not like, oh, he's still developing. At this point, I, my take on Matt Stafford is he is what he is. I mean, he's I, – I don't see, you know, any more trajectory. I think he's – I don't want to say he's reached the ceiling, but he's it's he is what he is at this point. This is what he's going to be until he starts to – he reaches that downside of his career, you know, where he's just like, okay, he's past his prime and he's just out there. You know, I, I see stuff where people are, like, calling for him to get traded or, or cut. That's not we're going to – to get traded because his salary's too big and it's not like baseball you know like i know you don't want to big up baseball but in baseball it's like okay we'll pay some of his salary so you don't have to it doesn't work that way in football if you trade a guy it's not like you're like okay we're gonna pay 20 to you know 20 million of a salary it doesn't work that way it's it goes all on their cap you know or something like that it, it it's like here he's yours now you know i mean it's yours you gotta pay him i i can't pay you you know so Plus, not to mention all of his all of his signing bonuses paid. So, I mean, the Lions they they can't trade him because nobody's going to take his salary. And if they cut him, was it what's left on his salary? What's left on his bonus gets prorated in automatically. So it's just right. you know his cap is too big. So people are like, oh, you know, why don't we trade him for like a, you know a fourth round? <clears throat> yeah, that's that's, that's some, well, yeah, you might be able to do that in like in two years or so when he's got one year left that needs to be paid on his bonus. You know, but it's just stupid. I mean, he's not going anywhere now. So, I mean, so people can cut that out. But I I don't see him growing anymore. It's just at this point, I think you just need to go out there with his talents. And I was I was listening to the radio this week, and somebody compared him to, like, he's in that same bucket as, like, Tony Romo and, like, was it Andy Dalton? You know, a couple quarterbacks that would just show flashes and be able to light it up. But, they, you know, Romo's never, never won anything. And... Andy Dalton's never won anything in Cincinnati. It's just, it. There, I think he's just kind of that bucket quarterback. He's in that bucket. He, I, like I said before, he doesn't make wide receivers better because it's always like, oh, we need to get him talent for him to be good. But he's not. I don't think he's bottom of the barrel guy either. I don't foresee him being like that. You know, I don't know somebody like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, nothing against Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, but. I don't think he's like that guy, you know, it's just like, well, this guy's terrible. How's this guy a quarterback, you know, you know, something like that. He's not that, but he's just, I think he's that guy. He's just re he's reached his peak. He is what he is for the next three, four years until he's, you know, past his prime and he's on the downside of his career. And that's just kind of what I think he is. 
So basically, in a two-second Grifkaism, he's no Joe Montana or Joe Namath, right, Grifka? No. Well, Joe Joe Montana was a uh, Joe Montana. I mean, he, he wasn't even. He was like a wizard. He he would just pull stuff out of a hand, like ooh, there it is. And Joe Namath, man, he was he was just a gunslinger. Like I said, he was a guy just he was just like hey, go get it, hey, go get it. And Stafford used to be that guy. He used to be that guy, and it would drive Lions fans nuts. It's just be like, who are you throwing the ball to? Gosh, what are you thinking? You know, like, don't throw the ball to Oh, great pass. You know, and now it's like we kind of want that again because everything now is like check down Charlie. You know, like even he, even he said it, like you mentioned it last podcast, where he's just like, oh, I need to find my check down quicker. Uh, do you? I mean, like you said, <laughs> let the play develop and let somebody get open. But I, I, if he's, like I said, I just think he's just gun shy, or maybe that's what – JBC wants him to do just take the safe throw don't turn the ball over you know get a nice passer rating which is passer rating is not even that good this year so I, I just but, think he is what he is at this point I don't I don't see him developing okay. anymore <laughs> yeah let me get in here Grifka so I've been a big Matt Stafford supporter since probably like the into his first year you know like I wasn't really sold out on coming out of college, even though, you know, he was a big recruit and all that kind of stuff. And I've kind of rooted for the eye. I've seen the talent. I've seen a lot of fun comebacks, good plays, whatnot. But I'm definitely reaching the point where I'm really sick of hearing, oh, well, if the line would just play better. Oh, well, if he just had another uh, third receiver. Oh, well, he, he doesn't have a playmaking tight end. Oh, well, if he just had a good defense, he would uh, – be a lot better oh wait uh and if we also made a like a rock solid o-line that could both create a great pocket and could push in the run game man oh wait wait one 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 other thing if we had a stud running back like i mean then he'd really have it together and he'd be the guy like i've just we've exhausted i just ran through in less than a minute like every the last probably eight seven eight years of his career every year it was oh we need one of these and then it'll be it oh we need one of these and, like, I just ran down every position you can have for a quarterback on both sides of the football. We basically have tried it and done it all. He's he's plateaued at a point. And I still feel like if the pocket's right, if the game script and situation is right, if the guy's open, he can make every throw in the game. But if any of those are a little bit off, I'm starting to have, like, no faith that he can make plays outside of the – uh, outside of the situation or like you said make you know he's taken like lower level players at certain degrees and made them like better than they should have but he he doesn't consistently do it on a high level to where you can like you said just bypass offensive skill guys and go get a good defense because he, he can't do it at that level like the other greats so i just don't know man i, I mean if we're gonna have a million shows on this guy moving forward i guarantee it either if he continues to play bad or if he gets it together because, like you said, he's our quarterback for the next little while, and I don't mind his overall contract because of where quarterbacks are at, but I just watch the game on Sundays and feel like if everything's perfect and if, if there's a throw to be made, he can make it. If anything goes wrong, it, we're done. You know what I mean? It's just a it's going to be a joke of a play or loss yardage. I mean – I, I'm just really starting to sort of sour on him as a guy that not only can make others better, but can win big games and can say, hey, nothing went right on that play. And I still made an amazing play for my team. I mean, I just I just don't right. see it. So we, we've talked a lot about that. I mean, do you, 
can we move on to like the coaching you brought up in the beginning, like you and others? I mean, I'll let you go on the coaching aspect. I'm still firmly in Matt Pat's corner. I mean, there's lots of evidence to sort of be beating him up right now and be saying, you know, hey, not prepared, not ready to go. But uh, talk a little bit about the in-game decisions and then some of the lack of team prep or, or team growth that you've seen and, and why that falls on the coaching, in your opinion. Yeah. I Like I said, first-year coach, and, you know, we've seen other first-year coaches do pretty well and other ones, like, flame out or struggle. But it just, I don't know, just some of the stuff. And I know I asked you this before, you know, is he learning a lot of hard lessons as a first-year coach? But it just seems like some of them, like the uh, – those those plays where he threw the flag to challenge, I mean, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they could have, you know, but I, I don't know if I would have thrown the challenge flags out there. Maybe he was just kind of looking to say, "Hey, I'm behind you guys" or something, and maybe we can get these flipped around and turn, you know, you know, you know, flip the script and get back, you know, into this. And um, and I know the score of the game or whatever, but I never thought like, even when they started like, I guess, come back a little bit, I never felt like Chicago was going to like fall apart where the Lions would come back and win the game. It was always kind of one of those things like, okay, we got to turn it back on right now and we'll do it, you know, and, and they did. And so I just, I don't know how, how we couldn't get that, you know, the wheels fell off early and he just, it seemed like he couldn't write the ship. Like, you know, gosh, like, you know, 26, nothing. Like I said before, you could blink. I mean, just, I don't, I don't know. And, I don't want to question if like he's lost the locker room because about... everybody says like, oh no, we're still behind him. But I, I don't know. Yeah, but talk about the coaching, Grifka. Like to me, twenty six nothing isn't. I'm the head coach. That's just straight up either the team sucks and we don't have enough players on offense no, and defense. I brought or... up right out of the gate saying that you know was it uh, Tariq Cohen running five the same play five times and the lines being out of position and not reading it five times. That's coaching. That's not. That's the coaching saying, "Hey, watch for this." You know, so. Tariq Cohen had like twenty or thirty yards rushing the whole game, didn't he? Like, I don't remember these big rushes. They weren't big off rushes, the they were, but they were. He didn't break off large runs from them, but it was one of those things where they were like, you know, four or five yard runs. You know, on a play, it's like, oh, he. This is not what. This isn't his. This well, he doesn't run this. This is a Jordan Howard play. It doesn't matter. I mean, four or five, four or five yard, six yard runs on a clip. That's a that's a pretty decent run. I mean, this is in college, you know. I mean, that's a pretty decent run in the pros. I mean, that that's that's good. That's coaching right there. That's your coach is not making that adjustment. That's that's your mother goose coach, the one that you called mother goose last time. You know, saying that uh, you know <laughs> not telling his defense, goose. hey, they might run this. You know, I mean, that that's coaching right there. I mean, See, but that's where, that's where we differ because, like, these guys went over all the things to expect. And even if they run things you're not expecting, like, I mean, these guys know what gap they're supposed to be in. They know how to adjust if they're seeing the same rush. I mean, what's what's Mother Goose supposed to run out there and, and tackle the guy for him? Like, to me, it comes that comes down to players. And then people say, oh, well, they just came out unprepared and unorganized. Like, I, I'm just not seeing that as much as I'm seeing we got whooped, like – and that's because their players are better than our players, and because well, which one is kept it? Kept running that same run. That which we don't, which we one don't, is it? Is it plays. their players are better than our players, or is it coaching? You just, no. which which I, one is it? I've I've consistently said that you're saying it's coaching, and I'm saying it's it's the lack of talent. I mean, 
Tariq Cohen runs the same play five times in a row, I guess the coach can say, call him over and re-help draw it up, or somebody could actually make a tackle and stay in their gap and blow a play up. I mean, that's on players. Like, I, I, there's no chance that all these things are going missed or people aren't talking about, they're not coaching technique. I just feel like the, whatever they're coaching, these guys either aren't good enough to do it or they're just not doing it consistently. And then it's showing up on the field of 26 points before Matt Pack can even do anything about it. I mean, what's he supposed to do at that point? I don't know. Like, like let, I said, let's talk about, let's obviously, talk about obviously coaching. they couldn't do something either offensively to stop the bleeding either. I mean, that's I mean, which again is, is is the players. But but oh, we I got mean, a first round pick at left calling, tackle, but... and we signed Rick Wagner. I mean, both of them played terrible on Sunday. Right. I mean, the which play where Khalil Mack just like bull ru- just blew over Taylor Decker. It's almost it's almost laughable. That's the players. I mean that that's that's, the... that's supposed to be your stud left tackle getting just blown up. And don't get me wrong, like I said, Khalil Mack's good. But it was just it was laughable. That's supposed to be your your left tackle for the next however many years. And like and yeah, it happens every once in a while. But Taylor Decker ain't having a good year at all. I mean, yeah, but yeah, like so that's an exact point of what you're saying. His old line coach, or is that on him? They still need to like account for that. Does he need to be you know chipped? Does something like that? Or are you just expecting Taylor Decker to handle Khalil Mack all game, or or what? I mean, against Minnesota, they couldn't stop the Minnesota pass rush. They never, never made adjustments. I mean, they were in the backfield all day. That's coaching. That's not the players. I mean, you, th- you what they, you're saying the offensive line came back and Rick Wagner was just like, yeah, yeah, I got him, I got him. Well, it's like, dude, you're getting beat like a drum. No, I got him, I got him. Next play. I mean, so that's your coaches like, oh, okay, you got him, or like not making the correct adjustments to like either help chip him, do something else. I mean, that's that's coaching right there. Yeah, you can blame the players for it, but if you're seeing your offensive line is getting blowed up, you know, then you're not do, you're not doing something to make that adjustment. Yeah, like you say, I don't know. I mean, I guess when I was talking coaching too, and why I thought where I thought you were going to go was all these people complaining, which I, I said it to on the TV. Hey, why is he not using a timeout again at the end of the half, or you know, why why are these like? We have no timeouts at the end of these games, stuff like that, that people can question. But it's always easy to second guess. But I don't even know that it matters these last few games. Like, yeah, they may have been some um, coaching issues, like when it comes to time management. But we're we're so out of these games that it doesn't even matter. Had to use those perfectly. We're not putting up another 10, 12 points to get back in this game from the way that we played throughout the four quarters. And I, I don't know. I mean, you can nitpick that kind of stuff all day, but I was talking to a buddy and I said, hey, like to the NFL, when you're a new head coach, always oh, been a coordinator. Like there's a big difference from coordinator to head coach. Would you agree on that? Oh, yes, definitely. So Matt Pat's in his first year as head coach. He's dealing with lots of different issues. He went from a winning organization to the Lions to, as you've documented millions of times, I have not won at any level in in my or your lifetime. So he's having to deal with all that adjustment. Like, don't you think when you're a first-year guy on the job, like any job, let alone an NFL head coach, you need some time to not only get comfortable in that job, but sort of learn from your mistakes and grow from them? I mean, everyone's acting like, get him out the door now. It's like, can he make a mistake? And then if he makes it next year or, like, down the road farther, it's like, wow, this is a reoccurring. Like, I don't know. I don't see a ton of reoccurring 
we keep getting whooped on the field, which, like I said, we differ. You think it's well, they're not coaching it up or they're not making adjustments, and I just feel like, hey, Cleo Mack versus any of our tackles right now is an issue no matter what you do, even if you put a okay. somebody else there. So I'm just I'm just down on our talent right now. I don't know. It's just like it can come back to a lot of things. I know it can come back to coaching. It can come back to Bob Quinn, you know, building this team. I mean, investing an awful lot of money in the offensive line and a lot of high draft picks in it. It just hasn't got anywhere. So I, I don't know. You, we can call it stuff like that. It's, you know, you're like you've you invested this many draft picks. I mean, did we miss on? You know, Taylor Decker did, you know, I know Glasgow was a third round pick and, you know, Frank Ragnow. I mean, I mean, there's, there's points where Ragnow looks pretty good. Then there's points where he just doesn't look very good. And yeah, that's okay. That's rookie, but still, I mean, invested money in your whole right side of the line. And one guy's probably done for his career now. And the other guy's just, sorry, I just don't think he's been very good since he signed here. You know, we paid this guy an awful lot of money. He just hasn't been that good. So either that's He's coaching that or the wrong scheme or, you know, or something <laughs> or something. I don't know. Okay. But before we run down the whole roster, like we, we gotta, let's just put this game to bed. It never really felt like it was even close. Another terrible loss. Grifka was right. Oakry was wrong. Um, hopefully this doesn't continue, but this is a, three games in a row now where they haven't played good. Now, all the stuff you're getting into, going down each position, missing, that's what I want to know from you right now. Now what, Grifka? We've got whooped by the Bears. We've got the Panthers coming in, which we'll talk about on Friday. But as we sit right here now on our Wednesday podcast, dropping uh, Wednesday evening, like, now what? What does this team do to either get it going in the right direction or are we heading towards just um, – what do we expect from the rest of the season? Like, are we looking at the draft? Like, where are you at? No, once again, I, I've said this before that I never root for my team to lose. I, I don't. I always want the Lions to win no matter what. And I mean, I'm already hearing people calling out, just lose out to get a better draft pick. I, really? I mean, really? I don't I mean, know. I, I don't know. I disagree with it. <laughs> Uh, really? I mean, wow, man. You're, maybe you are coming to my side. Man, no, Griffin, I'm not a, I'm still Mr. Optimism, but I'm also a guy that not only loves the draft, but understands the, the absolute premium the NFL draft is on building a really good football team. And I don't know that it's going to do us much good to win three, four more games this year. But, you know, I want to see this team get turned around. I want to see them. But right now, after what I've seen, when I continue to see it, and until they show me otherwise, like I'm, they win more than a couple games. So yeah, if I'm looking at this defense talent, which we need a lot of, like you know, both looking at the draft and being on that side of yeah, we want to win, but if we don't, it's going to help us on the back end. We got to understand that you can't be blind to that. Right, but I still don't want them to lose out. I mean. You know, it's just that I, I don't know. I mean, that's just me. I, I would I would like for them to uh, – I, I still get some a, a modicum of enjoyment watching them, you know, play. But until it gets to the point, it's just like, you know, I'm talking to people like, you know, I, I talked to one of my buddies. He's just like, right when they went down 6 nothing, that's where I turned the game off. And I knew they were going to lose. I had a couple other friends say, look, I didn't even bother turning the game on. You know, it's just – 
Yeah, just, I, I'm not to that point. I still, I still like wake up Sunday saying, "Hey, it's football day." You know, I can watch the Lions, and yeah, they only have 16 games a year. But I'm not to that point yet where I'm just like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go, uh, you know, rake leaves, or I'm gonna go to the mall, or something like that." I'm not there right. yet. Well, th- those aren't those aren't real fans. But I, I asked you, Griffin, now what? Meaning, like, not only now, what is the team gonna do? But what are your what are your hope? What's your plan? Because like, yeah, you can, oh, I hope the Lions win. It brings me some enjoyment. But we want to win Super Bowls. We want to win playoff games. And the way that you do that, sometimes you have to take some big lumps and do it, like, the right way, which means winning three games in December this year isn't going to help us more than make people like you and others feel good inside. Like, Well, we I guess the big point is right around, now we're going to have so. to evaluate who wants to be on the team. I know you've said this before, like, oh, you know, get rid of the guys that don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. But that that's all this is now. I mean, I guess it's to the point now where guys are just playing for pride. It's the old cliche. We're just playing for pride, which is, I think, a joke. I mean, that's, it's one of my things that just bugs the daylights out of me. It's just like, go out there and just stop playing for pride and just go out there and win. I've, I've watched the Lions play for pride way too dang much to uh, do that. But that's to the point now they're just going to evaluate who's who's going to be here. Who do they want to resign? Who do they want to bring back? I mean, there's – I just I, – I don't uh, – uh, that, that's what this is down to. And I don't think they're going to coach the game to lose, you know, and even though, you know, once again, after it seems we're going to have another Lions head coach in his first year, after his first year is going to have a losing record and not by a game or two. So that that's what it is right now. That's what this team does now. Griff, good. to me, it's pretty simple. Like you go into every week going like some team, you know, I'm excited about the game. I want to see them come out and play good football. I mean, offense and special teams. I want to see, like you just said, who are the who are the keepers? Who are the like? Do we have any blue chippers on either side of the ball that are people to build around? I mean, I named it off to a buddy the other day. You can name, you know, anywhere from like eight to ten starters on both sides of the ball that are people to build around. They got some upside. They're good football players. So that leaves another good chunk of players that, yeah, they got to go. They're too old. They're too overpaid. So, yeah, you got to you gotta identify those guys. And, yeah, if they go on a, a four or five game win streak, I mean, I'm not going to be sitting here on the podcast crying going, oh, they ruined their pick. I'm going to be like, hey, good. You know, we're seeing some signs. The offense clicking. Hey, defense is getting some sacks, getting to the quarterback. Like the, the scheme looks like it's coming together. I'll give you all those positives. But – if they lose, let's say they go out and get their doors blown uh, against the Panthers and then the Turkey Day turned out terrible. Like, yeah, it's not going to be fun, but you have money then and go, hey. But it's increasing our draft stock. And, like, I guess here's my question. What's your best case scenario for the rest of the year? And um, are you looking at all these factors of $40 million in the offseason, good draft capital, you know, ability to cut T.J. Lang, Glover Quinn, some of this fat, and rake in another $10, 20000000 million, use that towards getting actual corners that can cover, getting people that can make plays on defense? Like, are you looking at any of that, or are you just going, oh, I hope they win on Sunday? Well, once again, I mean, I never want them to lose, and I'm tired of rebuilds, okay? I know – I know you set me up for it. <laughs> well, once again, oh, here we I mean, go. you're the one that asked for it. I mean, you're the one that asked for it, so I'm going to tell you. I'm tired okay. of watching rebuilds. I know, once oh. again, you've been around for 10, 15 years. So, obviously, like I said, I was at your point in your fandom when I was, like, in high school. 
Okay, like, okay, we'll be good next year. I'll be good next year. No, I'm done with that. Yeah, go ahead and laugh sure. about it. I mean, it's one thing. You know what, dude? I really get tired of it. I, I get tired of you making fun of me of it. I'm sorry. There's millions, there's there's thousands, hun- you know, hundreds of fans out there like like me that way. And you just laugh about it because, like, well, we got good draft capital. Who freaking cares about draft capital? I freaking care. I mean, you're not building a team. Fan. You're sitting here on a podcast. You're get, not get the, the Kleenex GM. out, Griff. So I don't put wanna, it out, I, man. Know, nobody wants to hear this again. Like, Well, like, nobody wants to hear you like Mr. Couch GM. Okay? Oh, oh, oh we got boy. good draft capital. Oh, we can go get this guy. I've told you this before. The Lions have the mantra that, that this is the place where guys go to die. This is where they end their careers. Okay. You think they're going to pu- pull some guy in? Like, all of a sudden? You just can't say, like, oh, do your job. Oh, great, now we're the Patriots. No, it doesn't work that way. The Lions have the mantra of this is where guys oh go. To, this is where free agents go to die. And, I mean, once again, oh, we got all this money. Oh, so we have to go overpay. We have to go overpay a middle-of-the-road guy just to bring them here. You think a superstar is going to come here? What, are you kidding this, me? This is where all the 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 this is where you're wrong, Lions man. Fans. This is no, where this you're is wrong. where you're wrong. This is where you're like going. Oh, cry me a river. Look at the guys that have come to die. What about the future, Grifka? What about? Oh. I mean, hey, we might use this free agent money well this year. We might we might actually hit on some draft picks. Oh no, you're head. We're gonna overpay. We never get good draft people in the draft. Crap ever to me, because you've been a Lions fan for thirty years and they've never done anything, right? Well, good. Then, then I guess the next thirty are a waste too, right? Why are we even doing the show? Oh no, because you're right. Because we can talk about this later. Because I know we're gonna do this a show later. I, I have a plan. Because I know this year's this year's class of free agents has just been awesome. All the hits that we got. So we didn't have okay. any money. Like this is when you don't make like a good point because like last year, the last couple years, we've had no money and we had dead cap everywhere. And instead of looking at that, you look at well, dead we didn't cap. sign anybody good. Yeah, we've had tons of dead cap with Sue. We had people with all these guys that went away that we had. They to still all fell pay. off last year. Calvin Johnson fell off last yeah, year. Dominic and Sue fell off last year. We had money. How much? Like ten million. Maybe we had more than ten. We we had we still had eleven million after we signed everybody in the rookies. And everybody's like, "Why don't they go get this guy?" Oh, because if that happens, they only have like four million left. And if somebody gets hurt during the year, yeah, they had money. If we turn, oh my gosh, if we turn the clock back, I guarantee you, the Lions didn't have more than maybe fifteen to twenty million in cap space when it was all said and done. That's why they went out and got these low budget guys like Kennard and those guys. And I'm telling you right now, not only do we have forty million, last year we had five or six draft picks. This year we already have nine. And we actually have like all the all the high rounds. Like we're, we're getting like halfway off topic now, but the reason we are is because you're doing the old, uh, you know, uh, you're mad because I'm laughing when I'm laughing because you're you're just going to the we'll never win because we've never won card. Yeah, and and you're going to the I know what I'm talking about. That's why I'm doing a podcast and not sitting in the front office. I mean, just okay. It's I called mean, being ahead. positive and looking to the future because if we're going to lose this year, I want to be positive saying if we hit on our draft picks, if we get good free agents, this can be a good team. And you already 
like nothing's going to go right. Woe is me. The, what's the, the guy that's always uh, Eeyore, always down on everything? You're going Eeyore on everybody, which, yeah, okay. like you said, half the people that are listening love it. That's they're, that's they got the same attitude. Oh, poor us. Never, Nothing's going to go well. I might as well go rake my leaves instead of care for my team. That's a half the Lions fans out there. And then there's another half like me that say, even if we suck this year, I'm not going to be happy. But it doesn't mean that we're going to suck next year and the year after that and the year after that if we make good moves. No, once again, you're just, I mean, you're going on hope. I mean, it's fine. That's fine. It's just where it is. If we make good moves, if we hit on our draft picks, it's just, I mean, you're right. It's, I've been hearing it for years. Hit your bell. But, you know, hey, it's a new regime. Bob Quinn can do no wrong in your eyes. He's made all these amazing moves, you know, but, you know, since, you know, his, all, all of these cheap free agents we got this year is because we didn't have any money. Okay, fine. I mean, like one guy from the free agent class has been decent, but oh, okay, that's that's fine. I mean, it's next year when we have a whole ton of money, though. All these free agents are going to want to flock here, all of them. All, all these superstars are going to want to flock to be on the Detroit Lions. Okay. See, this is the North and South Pole, Griffco. Nobody. First of all, I spent the whole podcast agreeing with you and saying you were right that this team didn't show up, has lost three games in a row, and is not playing good football. And have I been Mr. Kool-Aid positive on this show? No, I've been really down on how they're playing, what I see on the field, what I see in lots of different areas. So I, I, I call a spade a spade when I have to. Now, do I skew to the positive? Yes. Now, instead of me, I didn't say anything about free agents flocking here. That's Grifka making it up to try to prove his point. I said, we have free agent money. We have maybe three to four times what we had the last couple of years. We have three to four more good draft picks than we've probably had the last couple of years. And we do have some players that we can build off, carry on, um, you know, Kenny. We got defensive players that are still guys that have some hope that have not showed their cards yet if they're good or if they're bust. So I'm saying look at all those building blocks and understand that even if we don't play well this year, there's a rainbow at the end instead of this dark cloud like you always think. So we got to move on, Griff. You know, you got anything else? I mean, we played terrible and then moving forward, neither of us sound very optimistic, but yeah, we're just fighting because think, we're, no we're just fighting because we're just not good. happy with our team right now. That's all it is. We're not mad at each other. That's what it is. You know, it's like, that, that's all this is, you know, still love for you, brother, mm-hmm. but that, you know, that's all it is. We're just not happy with the way the team's playing right now from what we expected early on. That's all this is. Definitely frustrated across the board. So let's get to our questions. Let's finish this up, and then we can come back on our Friday show and talk about uh, another Sunday, man. Big team coming in, um, you know, trying to get off the schneid here. So you want to get to some questions, Grifka? Sure. Our first question comes from Charles, and Charles is out there in Arizona. And this isn't even a question. I think Charles has written up before. Hold on. Let me get get Charles' question because Charles – he doesn't even ask a question. He just says the blue pants are terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. You know what? You know what, Charles? I think I did this to your last question, and you wrote up. You hear that? That's me crumpling up your question, Charles. Get out of here. But the blue pants are terrible. I agree. The minute I saw those, I knew we were done because I've been saying when you go on the road, it's got to be the white with the silver pants, no doubt about it. So yeah, the turquoise blue is is terrible. Thank you, Charles. Especially when those turquoise. You didn't have to respond to that one, Griffka. Especially when those blue pants get a little wet. They just, you know, from the sweat, they just don't look good. Yeah, brutal. 
Next question comes from Mikkel, and Mikkel is out in the state of Illinois. Mikkel wants to know, Grifka, what's a worse second-round pick, Tease or Amir? Oh, gosh. Wow. And I would have to say, and gosh, I thought Tease would at least be decent. And I never liked the Amir pick, you know that, but. I mean, so in my eyes, I would have to say tease because I thought it and I'm not saying he'd be locked down or anything like that, but I thought he'd be a lot better than what he is. <laughs> Grifka, I mean, you've heard me for podcast on podcast talk about Amir Abdullah. He's got some talent. He's shifty. He's athletic. He's got big, uh, you know, a, a low center of gravity. He's cheap. He can make plays. I mean, Amir Abdullah is the bigger bust because of the, the type of pick you spent on him, the upside he had, the first few games he had, and then when he broke his foot, he never returned. He'll probably never do anything in the NFL the way he's trending. I mean, to me, everybody had him penciled in as uh, an impactful running back. It's a total swing and miss. You know, Tease is, is not performing, but you know, I remember when they made that pick, I was kind of like, oh, man, you know. You just you can't teach speed, and, and he didn't have it. Um, so I'm going with Amir on this one. Griffgar, next question is Rich, and Rich is from CBS. Hmm. Rich from CBS wants to know, Stafford or Eli Manning? <laughs> Stafford or Eli Manning? You mean like right now? Yeah. Well, I would – oh, gosh. I'd still have to take Stafford. I mean, I just – I mean, Eli Manning. Man, Eli Manning's got like the greatest running back of all time on his team, the greatest wide receiver of all time. Oh, so, oh no doubt. I would, you know, they should Coming be just around. dominating that NFC East, you know. But you know, I'll take Stafford. How many catches does Odell have, Grifka? I don't know, and I really don't care. Yeah, you do. You say it every podcast. How many catches does he have? Oh, he's got one catch. There it is. Man, I got to tee these up like a softball for you to hit them out of the park. Yeah, the, um, the, big, I'm, I'm, the big game he just had against San Francisco. Oh, wait, San Francisco beat Detroit, so I don't have any room to talk right there. <laughs> I uh, I got to go with Stafford on this one, too. I mean, Eli Manning is a statue back there. I mean, he's just a joke to look at. I mean, he makes these crazy dumb faces. It's just I can't understand how a Manning is – that bad like you live in that type of family you think you'd be on top of everything and be all over yeah there's there's a point as a joke there's a point i just got a feel for eli manning just he's just always compared to Peyton. it's just that's just got to be a massive shadow to live in and you know the look on his face like after was it (laughs) Peyton won his last super bowl was just like sheer disappointment you know it's just you know what i mean it's just you almost got a feel for the guy but i'd still take matt stafford it's just crazy. He has two Super Bowls. He spent a whole podcast saying our guy will probably never get us maybe even a playoff win. This guy's got two Super Bowls, and he's just a, a joke athletically. And, and he'll probably get in the Hall of Fame. Them. He'll probably get in the Hall of Fame yeah. for his name and those two Super Bowls. Do you want to talk at all about the team he plays for Grifka and how the NFL loves the Giants? Oh, they you know? do, man. They're big market. They'll be huge next year just as soon as they you know, get another – you know, Giants, Cowboys, Steelers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, all I know is like our buddy Chuck, 
his Sundays are always free because like he can always plan his days perfectly because his team is either playing Monday night or Sunday night. So, uh, you know, his days are always, his Sundays are always free to go do stuff with the wife and kids. <laughs> oh man. Griffco got two more quick questions. Jameis from Tampa Bay wants to know, Hey, I might be available after the season. Are you interested? <laughs> Not a chance. I've never liked him. I always thought he was terrible. <laughs> No. Like you said, I mean, people have to warm up that you can't move Stafford for another two years, if at all. And the exciting part, if he continues to trend downward, is going to be, like you said, it's going to kind of be that next guy. And a lot of people will say, oh, you know, it's just going to be another bust. But if Stafford doesn't work out, there's always that that hope, as you put it, that the next guy might be the guy. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I don't see the Lions really moving him anytime soon or bringing in anybody's competition, but I could see him in a couple of years drafting a guy and trying to replace him that way. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're going to avoid this last question. Griff, I just reread it. I mean, I, I don't even know where to go with it, but uh, I think we've done enough today. We've really had a, a tough game to talk about. Me and you had to battle it out as we will on many future shows. You versus me, your Lions fandom versus my view. Um, that's never going to stop. What do you say we get up out of here? We come back here Friday morning for the people with a um, a podcast on the Panthers. We're going to talk all about their playmakers. We're going to talk about this game. We'll give our predictions, all that good stuff, and uh, hope that our team – the team that we root for can kind of get it together, turned around this Sunday. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's, let's sleep this one off. Yeah, it's another tough one, everybody. So uh, we're going to get up out of here. Detroit Cooley cast, we're going to get out. But everybody, uh, check us back Friday morning. We appreciate everybody listening and checking us out. Uh, these have not been easy shows to do the last few weeks or even the whole season, to be honest, with the ups and downs, the – kind of inconsistent play this team has given us so we're gonna see what they do the rest of the year and uh as we hit on in this show which side of the fence are you on are you want to keep winning um no matter what do you want to if they lose do you kind of have hope for the future like we got to sort all that out as the season goes through but regardless i know everybody that's listening to this is a detroit lions fan so hopefully we can keep that going no matter what and uh, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. So, everybody, we'll check you again Friday. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.